If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Adoration is where I bring what I'm really feeling to God and to his word. And I have a dialogue back and forth where I've got God's word in my hand Mm -hmm. and I'm speaking it back to him and asking him as I adore to inform my heart and to inform my mind. Welcome to Cultivating the Lovely. I'm your host, Mackenzie Kappa. And around here, we know that life is hard and we got to do everything we can to just make it a little bit more lovely. So it's my mission to bring you great conversations, practical tools and information, and a healthy dose of community to help make those things happen. If you want to find out more, you can go to our website at cultivatingthelovely.com, visit our amazing membership community at patreon.com slash cultivatingthelovely, or by connecting with me on Instagram, which is one of my favorite places to interact with all of you. You can find me at Mackenzie Kappa. Thanks so much for joining me today. Oh, ladies, there could not have been a better person to have on the podcast or a better book to talk about this week than Sarah Hagerty with her brand new book, Adore, which is going to be coming out on the 31st of the month of March. So make sure you go pre-order it today. You're really going to want to pre-order it because we are actually going to be doing a study of Adore, a book club that my good friend Shell Bruises, who is on the show all the time, is going to be leading with the Patreon ladies in Cultivating the Lovely. We are going to be going through that book and sinking into adoration even in difficult times, which is really what that book is about. It is the perfect book to be going through at a time such as this. It's pretty amazing, especially as you listen in the podcast episode, how this book release got pushed out a number of times because God knew that this was when we were going to need it. So I am so excited to be bringing you this interview today with Sarah Hagerty, but I also want to mention a couple of things because we're doing some special different things right now to help foster community to make sure that ladies are not feeling alone to help you to cultivate loveliness even during this difficult time with just some different ideas everything from health measures to general loveliness in your life and so there's a couple of ways that you can get involved with that first of all we've got a brand new monthly newsletter that you can go subscribe to at mckenziecoppa.substack.com but in addition if you go subscribe to that we have a beautiful little e-zine that we put together that's called cultivating loveliness and quarantine because your sanity still matters in the era of COVID-19. So we want you to be able to get your hands on all of that goodness and all you have to do is go subscribe to our brand new Substack newsletter. The fun thing about this new platform that we're using, Substack, is that it also allows us to deliver audio versions of those newsletters. You can expect a bonus episode basically every month. I'm going to have guest writers on the newsletter, all sorts of fun stuff. So you're going to want to be plugged in over there and it's completely free. Then we're also running a special at Patreon. I really wanted ladies to be able to access the amazing Cultivating the Lovely community during this incredibly difficult time. So we have taken all of the online resources that we offer, normally up to the $15 level, the loveliest level, 
and we are offering them to everyone at the $5 level. So if you want to get in at the $5 level right now, you can get in a cultivating group where you get to talk with other ladies on Marco Polo and discuss what's happening and encourage one another. You also get to be a part of our Zoom calls that we are now going to be holding weekly where we all come together and talk to each other and encourage each other and give each other ideas of how to be working through things. It's an amazing group of women and I am so excited to be offering it on this broader scale and do this special deal all the way through the end of April for right now because we wanted as many people who maybe couldn't afford this normally to be able to get in there and access all of these community resources because we are reduced right now to virtual community but guess what we've been doing virtual community at Cultivating the Lovely for five years now and we're pretty darn good at it so if you want to be a part of all those amazing ladies get an even smaller tribe with a cultivating group be a part of our daily live shows and our zoom calls and all the extra goodies that come with being a part of cultivating the lovely patreon then come over to patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely and get signed up at the five dollar level today now if you happen to decide that you do want to sign up at the fifteen dollar level there is one perk that we are only offering to those loveliest level members and that is we are going to be doing a sourdough and seed challenge per se. We are actually going to be sending out seeds for a lovely victory garden and sourdough starter to all of the ladies who are in that level and want to participate. And I am going to be walking through it step by step with them alongside Shell and my good friend Katie Deckett, who has been on the podcast a couple of times. She's like a sourdough pro. She's amazing in the kitchen. And she is going to walk us through how to do that. I'll be showing you my foibles and how I'm getting through it and starting to make sourdough bread for my family and we want you to all be able to do that during this crazy time as well so if you want to join we've got so many different opportunities going on in patreon we want you to be in there with us we also are going to have another book club coming up we're going to be reading persuasion together see there's so much stuff to foster community because we need it and we want to serve you guys in this way so come over to patreon again patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely see all the different ways that you can join us and get involved. We want to see your virtual face and get you plugged into this community so that you don't feel isolated during this time, but you feel supported and encouraged and get to laugh a lot because if you follow me on Instagram, then you know just how weird I am. All right, ladies, without further ado, though, let's get on with this episode with Sarah Haggerty. Welcome, Sarah. Oh, thank you for having me on. I am so excited to be having you on, especially right now, because the world is in an uproar, and I think this book is so needed. We were kind of chatting before we got rolling here, and I was just saying, like, all these books that of people I'm having on right now, they all seem to have been, like, perfectly placed in the timeline of when we were going to need them. And it's just crazy yeah, to me. The timing is pretty crazy. I never thought I'd be releasing a book when the world is uh, turned upside down. Yeah. (laughs) And about adoration of the Lord. But when you get into it, it like, it's so, it's so perfect for right now. So, but for people Mm -hmm. who don't know who you are, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. I um, am crazy. I have seven kids. (laughs) I probably could just say that much and then that would be enough (laughs) because crazy people have seven kids. I love to write. I oftentimes call myself a writer. I moonlight as a writer because I have seven kids and I have a lot of 
expected. I, I didn't necessarily plan to have this many children, but the Lord obviously had a different plan. We've got my oldest four kids are from Africa. Um, we adopted them from different countries in Africa and then just had a, a three very surprising pregnancies, um, 13, wow. 16, 18 years after we were married. So wow. I've got teenagers, uh, one who's about ready to drive. Um, if the DMV would be open to give her a <laughs> test. And I have a, I have an infant in diapers. So it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Which you didn't when you wrote this book, right? I didn't. I, uh, well, the last, I sort of did the last stint of writing pregnant, um, okay. which I had written most of the book before I found out that I was pregnant. And that was really ultimately our, our largest surprise pregnancy. I'm 42. Um, we, we certainly thought we were finished having children. Yeah. And like I said, I've got teenagers. So it was a big surprise to be in the last few months of writing this book and pregnant and nauseous and tired, but oh, I did it and I felt it. his hand on it. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, and yeah, that's, that's a whole story in and of itself. I'm sure. But it's I, I am just so excited to have you on. I had not been familiar with your work before this book came across my desk, but I have a few friends that I kind of run books by that are coming out and say like, who do you think I should have on the podcast? Like, have you heard of any of these people or whatever? And my friend Shell flipped her lid and she was like, I don't fangirl. I am not that person, but oh my goodness, if I could be a fly on the wall in that interview, she was just so excited. She was like, you've got to have her on. Yes. Thank you. She will love to hear that from you because she is a big fan and for good reason because, okay, I'm going to keep using her for a second here to, to sing your praises because Shell loves like amazing theological writing and beauty and deep things and so values us drawing closer to the Lord and what that looks like and how to make that happen. And so for her to say that she loves you and your writing as much as she does, man, that is that's high, a high compliment. Yeah. Oh, thank you for saying that. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Because I felt like it needed to be said because I know if she gets that excited about something, then I I need to perk my ears up and pay attention. And it's true. It's true. But this book is called Adore, a simple practice for experiencing God in the middle minutes of your day. And, you know, it's funny because I think a lot of people are saying like, oh, we're just like home watching Netflix now. (laughs) It's like, no, actually, now I not only work from home, but I'm homeschooling my children and (laughs) like doing all of the things. Right. Yeah, life just got a lot more full. Yeah, a lot more full. And so I think that idea of those middle minutes is even more applicable right now. And I'm wondering if Mm -hmm. you have felt that Mm -hmm. during this time. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually already homeschooled my kids before this. So I think some of our daily rhythms haven't changed all that much. Yeah. Um, which is kind of interesting. I look at the timing of this book coming out and so much of what is in these pages are stories about having a really full life Mm -hmm. and going, I have to find God here. And so in some ways I think what works, not that I haven't experienced pressing, I literally think every person and at least in the United States, but I know worldwide, many, many are experiencing some level of pressing that's absolutely new, newer than it was 10 days ago. 
Um, and, and what I write about in the book is like, what do you do? I, I think early on, you know, in my early twenties, I thought I'm going to live this like radical life for God. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to do these big things for God and, uh, share the gospel across the earth. You know, the things that you think in, in sort of capital letters, yeah. um, all caps in your twenties, even adopting, not that that was our, our motivation, but those felt like, oh, those early days when we were adopting, it felt like, isn't life like this? You move from one big event in God to another big event in God. But as, as time has stretched on and I have more years that I've been living on the earth, I see mm-hmm. that probably 80% of our life is the middle minutes. Those minutes that aren't when I'm doing the crazy, wild, big things for God. And I think all of us right now are experiencing the fact that those minutes are probably more filled with anxiety than we ever realized. Mm-hmm. The overwhelm is we can't escape it. Um, the pressure is kind of in our face. In some ways, I think what's happened is the top layer has been taken off of our mm-hmm. lives and we've been able to look inside a little bit and go, I'm more anxious than I thought. I'm more overwhelmed mm-hmm. than I thought. And I was probably overwhelmed even before this happened. Yeah. I have more of a fearful event than I thought I did. Yeah. And so this book is really, interestingly enough, I wrote it from a place where that top layer was off for me a little bit just because of have, having so many children and a surprise yeah. pregnancy. How do I find God there? Yeah. And in a lot of ways, I relate to that feeling of, I feel like the, the last two and a half years have stripped away a lot of those layers yeah. where, you know, I like to have control and know what to expect and know what's coming. But for two and a half years now, I've lived in this constant place of, I don't know what next week is going to look like. I don't know when we're going to go back to court or when the parenting plan is going to change or when I'm going to have my kids, when I'm not, what, what is going to happen? Even when Mm -hmm. the divorce was going to be over, I had no control over when that would end. And if you had told me in the beginning, like how long it was going to be, I would have thought, I can't survive that. (laughs) I can't do that. But but now looking back, I can see more of not necessarily why it took as long as it did, but the work that God did in that time. And it was a slow burn, you know? And I think now we're all faced with that, that unknowing of, okay, when, when is all of this craziness going to come to an end or what is the world going to look like? And we have to somehow kind of get comfortable in those middle minutes of, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't look towards that, that end goal right now. I just have to be here present with where God has me. It is crazy to think about times that we've had like of real hardship mm-hmm. um, and real uncertainty and look back on every single one probably and we look back and we go, there was something he was forging in me. Mm-hmm. Um, here we are again, where I feel like it's probably more uncertain for most people than anything has been. Yeah. And to actually really believe that he's forging something, I think is a different story. I think there's something yeah. about looking back. It's yeah. hard in the present. You know, one example oh, that yeah. my husband's been using um, is just, you know, there was a study that was done. And of course I can't cite it. I, I'm, this is now two people removed, but where researchers told people to stop looking at the white bear. Well, immediately when I say stop looking at the white bear, what do you do? Like you think, or stop thinking about the white bear. Um, Immediately you think about the white bear. And I think in some ways, so many of us are facing that with fear where we know as Christians, he's called us to fear not, but yet just telling ourselves stop fearing isn't sufficient anymore. 
-hmm. we maybe could for little F fears, like in terms of things that we could avoid or escape with, you know, literally just running out to Starbucks. Yeah. Um, whereas now I think we're in a place where we have to actually walk through our fear with God mm -hmm. because it's not sufficient anymore to say, just stop being afraid Christians. Cause you're not supposed to be. Yeah, it's absolutely true. And I totally agree with what you said about like, it's so much easier to look back than it is to be in it. <laughs> and, and that's what I really like about your book because it is yeah. teaching you what to do to be in it. Yeah. I, I think the gift that we have in this time is that we can't avoid the things that have been subterranean before mm -hmm. now. Yeah. Like, I mean, I will say to you and I'm saying to myself, Sarah, you had fear before this. Yeah. You had anxiety about unknowns before this. You had struggles with control before this, and now you can't avoid them anymore. Mm -hmm. And so in a sense, we've been given a gift to go, what do I do with them? And adoration is really, I mean, the way that I have defined it is it's the nexus. And, and I draw this definition from looking at the Psalms because I think the Psalmists give us a real grid for adoration. Mm -hmm. It's the nexus of my raw emotions and the truth of who God is. So adoration is where I bring what I'm really feeling, not what I should be feeling, not the, not the, if I could coach myself into right thinking, what would I say, but what I'm actually feeling in that moment, I bring that to God and to his word. And I have a dialogue back and forth where I've got God's word in my hand mm -hmm. and I'm speaking it back to him, but I'm not speaking it back to him and ignoring my own emotions. I'm actually coming from my emotions, bringing them to him mm -hmm. and asking him as I adore to inform my heart and to inform my mind. And I love that because like you even say in the book, we try to often only approach God like we would get ready for Sunday service. Like we put, we try to put on our best when really that's not what God even wants from us. He wants us to come to him honestly and to know him in that way instead of just peripherally like a stranger. Like he, he wants right. us to come in that way to him. And I think people need to know that right now. Like he doesn't expect you to be buttoned up and polished. I don't, and he's, he actually isn't standing over you saying, stop being afraid. I mean, I know his yeah. word says in Isaiah 41, fear not, but I think the second part of that for I am with you, I think this is the time where we start to go. He's with me in the thoughts that I have at 333 mm -hmm. on a Monday afternoon. He's yeah. with me in the, the thoughts that flood my mind at 645 in the morning. And I think as Christians, we have the opportunity now to actually encounter that rather than just telling ourselves and telling each other about it. I practically speaking, and I write, I mean, ironically or not so ironically, I write in the book about several different stories about my family experiencing pressing. We had the flu. It lasted for six weeks. We were quarantined. And what that was like to literally have no outlet other than my thoughts. <laughs> I mean, I had no place to escape my thoughts. And so I'm bringing before God just the discomfort of taking care of all my kids, my entire family. And it just kept cycling through our family. And then some of the fear of our safety and the anxiety that I had about, am I up to the task to do this? And then the frustration of, I want to crawl out of my skin right now because I just want a little bit of reprieve, but I'm sick, you're sick, we're all sick. Mm -hmm. And so in that moment, 
I chose, and I, and I don't say that out of like, look at me and my strength I chose. In, my moment, in that moment, I really had no other option, which mm-hmm. is, I think, in a sense where many of us are right now. Yeah. I had no other option but to say, God, I'm going to bring my anxiety to you. I'm going to bring my overwhelmed feelings to you. I'm going to bring my frustration to you. And I'm going to speak your word to my heart. And so it looks like going up and down the stairs, going Psalm 139.1, Lord, you search me and you know me. You know this anxious thought. I feel alone. I feel neglected by you. I feel like I'm out here paddling out in the ocean by myself. But your word says that you search me and you know me. I adore you that you know me right now. Mm-hmm. And up and down the stairs, like helping a kid, you know, helping change sheets or bring water or vitamins to certain kids and just under my breath, instead of just reciting how frustrated I am over and over again, I take those frustrations to him and I say, his word back, right? Isaiah 41, your word says, fear not for I am with you. Okay, God, I don't feel like you're with me right now. I actually feel like it's all up to me and I need to be strong, but I'm really weak. And your word says, fear not, you're with me and you'll strengthen me and you'll help me. That's Isaiah 41, 10. I adore you that you promised to strengthen me, that I don't have to strengthen me. I adore you that you promised to help me, even though I don't feel like I'm helped in this current moment. Your promise is that you're going to help me. I adore you, God. And that's what it looks like. Yeah, even when it doesn't feel true to keep saying those things because that's what can help. It's like the only way to change your mind is to just complete bathing it with actual truth to make, I think you talk about little shifts in the book to get your heart and your mind back in line with what is the truth, because it's very easy to feel like that isn't true. Oh yeah. And we all feel, I mean, we all know the right answers right now. You know, we can post those to social media, but like when we're quiet and alone, I I mean, I don't know, just a poll of my closest friends, everybody's feeling some level of anxiety. Every Mm -hmm. single person is feeling yeah. some level of, and, and anxiety is a big word, but I mean, some level of uncertainty, like what even yeah. is next week going to look like? I have friends who planned a trip to Europe. That trip <laughs> looks like it's going to get canceled. My daughters are in a play that they've been working on all year. The play is postponed, you know, all this. Yep. Am I going to get to see my friends all the way up to, man, my mom's sick and I want to be with her. And I don't know if I can travel to be with her. That's not my scenario, but friend scenarios. Yeah. And I think, in the face of that, we can coach ourselves with the right answers, or we can actually come vulnerable. And I think that's the key piece for adoration. And we see it in the psalmist. They didn't have pretense. They just went, why have you forsaken me? I think we can come with that vulnerability that is like, God, I'm freaking out. And I don't know what tomorrow is going to look like, or I'm really frustrated because I just need time alone. And all these people are all up in my space, you know? Yeah. And so I'm going to come with that vulnerability to your word. I think it opens us up to receive his Holy Spirit through his word in a way that we aren't normally as open when we come with the right answers. Yeah, absolutely. Ladies, I know that there are a few things that I really want to instill in my kids by the time they leave my home someday. And one of those is to make them into readers who love reading. Do you remember how you felt as a kid when you would just curl up with a book and get lost in it for hours? Well, I want to create that same sort of atmosphere for my kids. And one of the ways that I am doing it is with Literati. Literati is a subscription book club that makes it easy to find unique and interesting books for your 
your kids by sending great stories straight to you. For a lot of parents, especially right now, it's so much easier to put your kid in front of a screen than help them find a book they actually like. And it can be really daunting for you to read the same book over and over again. But with Literati, they send your kids different books each month that they are going to love and you are not going to get sick of because you get a different selection every month. And we all know that kids who read books have better vocabularies and longer attention spans. So this is something I really want to foster in my kids, and I bet you do too. Plus, with Literati, you'll be doing something together. Each Literati box contains five beautiful books based on a theme and contains exclusive original art and a personalized note to your child. My girls love getting the Literati box in the mail. I thought the artwork they sent was absolutely beautiful, and it was really fun for them to get the personalized stuff in there. I think they got some book plates one time with their names on them, and they love the books, and I love the books. It's been such a great selection to get us out of kind of a reading rut and find fun things that were all centered around a different theme. It's just been a really fun experience all the way around and livened up our family reading life. Literati actively curates stories that spark curiosity and soften the heart, which saves you hours of searching the store or scrolling through lists of mediocre books online. And Literati will beat the Amazon list price. And you only keep your favorites and you send back the rest for free. Join the largest kids book club in America with 1 million plus books delivered and tens of thousands of happy literati families, including mine. For a limited time, go to literati.com slash lovely for 25% off your first two orders. This is their best offer available anywhere. To get it, you have to go to literati.com slash lovely for 25% off your first two orders. Literati.com slash lovely. I just want to share like a quote that pertains to that, that you have in the book. And it says the best time to adore is when I don't feel like it because adoration is not an exclusion of our emotions. And I think that is so important because a lot of us probably don't feel like, like worshiping right now, but you, I think the C.S. Lewis quote that you had in the book saying that when we are in worship, that's actually like the way that we are able to feel God's presence. I butchered that. What is it? <laughs> Look it up. Here it is. It is I have a cut. couple of C.S. Lewis in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, in this one on page 33, it says, it is in the process of being worshiped that God communicates his presence to men. And we need that yeah. right now. We need to be able to feel that he is near. And there were numerous times in the past few years for me where that really was the only time when I would feel like, okay, God's still here is when you are worshiping. And I think it feels counterintuitive, especially because we have so much access to information right now. Honestly, Mm -hmm. it just feels easier to like refresh my newsfeed and see what's the latest than it does to get quiet. Mm -hmm. I mean, especially I've noticed even in the past week or 10 days, like my proclivity to go to a quick fix has been, I, I just have gone there quicker. Normally yeah. I have a little bit more firewalls up in my life to like not have me just search my phone for the latest news. But I think I've felt like, well, I'd have to. But yeah. now that it's settling in, I'm going, man, like my only reprieve is to go to him. And if I'm really going to go to him, I have to go with these emotions. Otherwise, um, I'm di- divorcing myself from my heart. Because yeah. my heart right now feels a whole lot of things. And so if I'm going to go to him, I have to bring those things to him. And we are losing out on such an opportunity for him to grow us 
and bring us closer into alignment and belief of what he actually says if we don't sit in that that quiet hard work in those moments because I feel the same way like I'm it's much easier and quicker for me to go ahead and just distract myself by putting on a funny podcast than to sit with those feelings of being unsure and being scared but that's that's where he can change our hearts yeah I think that's exactly right. It's like when we come most vulnerable, I think we're also most open to change. It's it's very counterintuitive though. I think as Americans, mm-hmm. especially we have so much pride in our strength yeah. that to, it's almost like we as Christians need to redefine the script, like that we need to actually say weakness is a power alley mm-hmm. in God. I mean, that's that's Corinthians. My power is made perfect in your weakness. Like, I think we actually need to move into a new place as Christians in the Western world and say, weakness is actually the avenue by which we will most encounter God. Yeah. That's hard. I hate being weak. I mean, I, I feel like I wrote a book about being weak. Adore is really about finding God in your weakness. And yet still I'm walking through this going, I really don't like being weak. Yeah. I don't know what I, I like knowing if I'm going to be able to go to the grocery in a week. Yeah. You know, I don't like um, not knowing what our plan is going to be three days from now because things are changing so much. And mm-hmm. yet, if I look at the word, his invitation really comes alive in me when I come weak. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to recognize, and you even quote this verse in the book, but that the joy of the Lord is our strength. It is like yeah. finding that in him that can often pick you up and help you to keep moving forward. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the thing that we need to be remember. And I, I, you know, I write about in the book, us preparing for a hurricane. We were, hurricane was headed. We, we were taking like a month vacation at my in-laws in Charleston, South Carolina. And it looked like the eye of the hurricane was headed right for where we were going to be. And we're, we're, we live in the Midwest. We're not hurricane people. So here we are doing all this crazy prep. And really I'm like starting again to identify the low grade anxiety, some of which, which I'm seeing again here now Mm -hmm. and recognizing that like everything in me wants to just task and respond because that feels like the most natural thing but that if we can have a system interrupt, like if we can just say, wait a second, God wants me to talk to him right here. That joy that you just mentioned is accessible. And I think we just need to remember, like we don't need to coach ourselves into feeling that joy. We actually need to like press pause, Mm -hmm. even if it's for two minutes and say, I can talk to God here. I can bring my real emotions to him and I can let his word intersect with those emotions. And I can walk away three minutes later and have his spirit lift me. And I bet some of, some of the listeners now have had that in the past few days where you've, you actually said, I'm going to put my phone down. I'm going to step away from all the noise. I'm going to talk to God. I'm going to tell him from his word who he is and tell my heart who he is. And I actually step away and I'm changed. I feel yeah. the lifting. I think we need to be reminded that he wants to lift us. He wants to give us power by his spirit now. Mm-hmm. He wants to give us joy. He wants Christians to come out of this with joy. And that doesn't mean forfeiting our grief. Yeah. It's actually, we bring our grief to him and he wants to infuse us with joy. Well, and I think, I mean, kind of a little bit divergent from that is like, I think he also 
gave us laughter. I know even when my dad, or not my dad, my brother um, died this past fall, with mm-hmm. me and my parents, we would still find these stories to laugh about, about him and like mm-hmm. just crack up over the memories and then have other experiences that were so funny and be able to say, oh, he would have loved this. He would have thought this was so funny. And that was so healing that we were able Mm -hmm. to still laugh and find that joy. And I truly believe that is from God. I believe that he uses laughter and humor to help lighten that load of grief. Yeah. I mean, the the range of emotions that God feels, Mm -hmm. they are so big. And I think that's maybe some of his whisper for us right now is the range of emotions that we are feeling. We were made in the image of God and he feels and he can receive us in our emotions because he made emotions. We don't need to, we don't need to just push through them. But I think that what to do with them is really the that's the question. What do we do with these big emotions and how do we let him give us the joy that we can't coach ourselves into getting? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It can't be, it can't be artificial. You've got to really feel these things and go there. We kind of talked about that on um, my morning show this morning in the Patreon group that you've got to feel it. You've got to go there, but then you've got to decide what to do with it. And ultimately we've got to take it to him. Yeah. So I do want to shift gears a little bit because I kind of mentioned this to you before, and I don't know if you have any great advice for us, but because I so love this book and because Shell so loves this book and we think it is so needed right now, we have decided to do this book as a book club in the Patreon community for Cultivating the Lovely. And so, yeah, I know. It's so exciting. Shell is actually going to lead it, which is super fun. She's Shell. I know. She gets on the podcast with me, but she usually likes me to kind of lead things. So when she just stepped up and said, I'll lead it, I was like, okay, sounds good. So I am just wondering, do you have any advice for us as a book club of how to do this book in community from afar or how you think it would be best utilized in our lives or what do you think you wrote it oh that's a great question well so the first six chapters are like kind of laying the foundation for adoration and I feel like because so many of us see adoration like I say that word and honestly I think it's like our eyes glaze over like adoration (laughs) like some kind of spiritual discipline And none of us are in a time right now where we want to pick up a spiritual discipline because I think we tend to want to pick up spiritual disciplines when we feel strong. So I just want to, first of all, um, demystify that adoration is a spiritual discipline because in this instance, as I write about it here, it's not. So I think the first six chapters are great, would be great for a book club to just dialogue as you read through them. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, let's dismantle some of our understandings of what adoration really was Let's talk about what this can look like and kind of share stories of where we think we could start to adore. Mm-hmm. But then the whole second half of the book, um, I actually pulled my readers. Uh, this book has been about four years in the making. So about four wow. years ago, I pulled my readers. Like, what are your biggest questions about God? Like, what sides of God's character and his nature that if you're really honest, you struggle to believe? And that's those last 30 characteristics that I have in the book. Oh, wow. I thought, you know what? And I'm reading through people's, I, you know, I compiled that list based on people's responses. And I went, yep, every single one of those I struggled to believe Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. So I feel like if you could, you know, if you had maybe three or four weeks where you discuss the first six chapters, 
-hmm. But then, you know, anyone can go at their own pace. That second half of the book is really like a, like it's a toolkit. Like I want to say, here's how you adore. Let me hand this to you. So you can read in each, in each characteristic, I write personal stories because I just, I love stories. I'm a storyteller. I love reading stories. So some of my own stories of how I've grappled with that characteristic of God, but then practically questions to help you adore and verses to help you adore. So you might as a group want to pick like five or six mm -hmm. that you would go through together, like on your own, but then come together and discuss it. Like, okay, God is a healer. Do I really believe that he can heal. And I, I don't necessarily mean like physically heal our bodies, though that's an element of it. But do I believe he can heal my heart and heal the broken places in my life? Like let's for a week or two or three, go through this on our own and then come together having shared our experiences of what it looked like to wrestle with that. Because mm -hmm. I think adoration to say you want to start to adore, it's actually saying, I really want to wrestle with the sides of God that I haven't believed mm -hmm. until I come to a place where I start to believe them. Yeah, And so do that on your own and then come together. There's questions in the back that in, in with associated with each characteristic that would be great to discuss together. I mean, there's definite ones right now. There's a couple of characteristics where I specifically talk about, you know, going through a crisis and mm -hmm. handling the unknowns that you guys could pick through even for right now and go, this is good. Like, let's talk about the God who gives a song in the night because it feels like it's the night. And I don't know that he's going to give me a song here. Yeah. Ladies, is there anything interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals aside from the obvious right now? Or maybe it's just a time of extra stress for you. Well, I want you to know about BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And I think there's no better time than now to make sure you're staying on top of your mental health. I know for me personally, counseling has been essential over the last couple of years. And having counseling that was convenient and easy for me to be able to do, even from home, has been just that much more helpful in helping me to relieve stress and stay focused and get on top of things in my life. It's made a huge difference. You can start communicating with your own therapist in under 24 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counselor network, which may not be locally available in many areas. And since most areas are very limited right now anyway, this is a great solution. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy, or like right now, even have to leave your house, which is pretty essential that people can access things from home, so it's a great time to think about doing this. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if you need to, and it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. So visit their website, read their testimonials that are posted daily. Like this one that was posted about Karen House. It said, I feel so grateful that I feel I'm getting better day by day after sessions with Karen. She is so kind and helped me a lot. Thank you so much, Karen. You could have that same experience and be able to alleviate some of your stress by just being able to talk to someone who can professionally help you right now. So visit betterhelp.com lovely. That's better H-E-L-P and join the over 
over 700,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. And as a special offer for Cultivating the Lovely listeners, you can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com lovely. And I think it's so important, like you're saying, like give, give it the time, give it the breathing room to do the work that it needs to do. You're not necessarily going to get through one of those a day and just be like, okay, well, I'm good. I've like gotten all my adoration figured out. Like this is a a working through. It's going to take some effort and some realignment and some just chipping away at your heart to get it back in alignment with what he says. And and I think, goodness, what better time than now to do it as a group? We actually, I am going through this book too with a group of women that I've been meeting with for several years. Wow. And we started, you know, we, we cracked the book open like two or three weeks ago. I was able to get them some early copies before we knew that the world would tilt. And it feels so timely for all of us on our own to be adoring God and going this actually my flesh doesn't want to do this. I mm-hmm. don't want to adore God right now. I want to stay up on the news, but if I'm going to do more than just survive this, I have to, like, I yeah. kind of have no other option if I want to grow through this time. Yeah. And it's really going to be one of those things that from the outside looking in, if you're not a believer, it won't make sense. Like, why, why are you adoring him right now when everything's going wrong? You know, but I think that's an right. even more testament to why we need to. I, yeah, that's the other piece. You know, so much of my book is actually, I mean, if I could retitle it, it would be like how to wrestle with God related to the things that you don't believe about him. Obviously, you can't make that a title. That's like, yeah. you know, 15 words. But, but it really isn't just about adoration. But But in times like this, I also can't help but think like, what does it do to move God's heart to see that his people would turn to him and worship in mm-hmm. the darkest hour? It's so, so vital for our survival right now. And, you know, it's interesting because I have a few friends lately we've been talking about before even all of this Corona stuff started happening, how many women we know at the kind of like later thirties, early forties stage that we're at are, who are kind of coming apart at the seams. Like their kids are getting a little bit older and all of a sudden they're struggling with major anxiety and depression and like mental health things, which are all very valid, but it's so interesting to us that it's all coming at this age, at this point, when it's like you're- It's so funny that you say that. My girlfriends and I have been saying the same thing. That's been our observation. Your late thirties, your early forties, it feels like, I mean, I had a friend say say to me recently, and it really resonated with me. I was not this fearful when I was 20. Yeah. Like there is something about having lived life long enough. And I, I mean, I personally think some of it's related to our disconnect of our whole entire story from the narrative of God, you know, Mm -hmm. that, that we sometimes like to live siphoned off, like just moment to moment, instead of seeing the fuller connect with Mm -hmm. how God wants to heal our history and our past and um, bring the pains of our past into part of what, how he wants to release us and, equip us now, but I, it is fascinating to me how women that I look at who were walked in a lot of external strength in their twenties are buckling Mm -hmm. in their late thirties and forties. Yeah. And it's, it's like you have some sort of brazen, like confidence in your twenties that then when you see how real life plays out and people dealing with real hard things. It's like more at these age. I, I remember talking with Lisa Joe Baker last year and we were talking about how 
this is when we've seen, you know, friends, parents die and people getting cancer and divorces happening. And, and it's like that awareness of you, you see more of like, that's, those are the the hardships that happen. And, and it's not even necessarily those friends who've gone through those things, but it's kind of like everything catching up with them. And some, for some reason, there's more mm-hmm. brain space when you don't have just a bunch of little kids necessarily. Well, you still do, yeah. but, but you know, there's, yeah, I know. Just I like, keep having that. Yeah. <laughs> But there's, I think there's a, a shift that happens, maybe not even in having little ones, but having older ones that just starts to somehow wear on us. And I think that this is one of those antidotes that we need to be acknowledging. Like we need to focus on these sorts of things to help pull us through these very mired times in our lives where we have more fear and more understanding of just how <laughs> precarious life is. Yeah, I mean, and I think it could be it could be that this is the church's finest hour, and this yeah. this could be our personal. I look back and I, I hear you saying the same thing about your past two and a half years. I look back through my hardest stretches of life, and 2019 was in actuality that for mm-hmm. us. We have four of our four of our kids, as I said earlier, were adopted, and as they're coming into their teenage years, they're processing their stories, and it's dark and hard for mm-hmm. them. And as you know, as a mom, when your kids are in pain, you hurt probably even more than they hurt. Um, So 2019 was that for us. And I look back and I'm like, I think actually I'm going to 10 years from now, look back on 2019 is the year that I grew the most. Yeah. And it's like, we hate being in it, but if we could, instead of resisting it so much, if we could lean just a little bit, I think there's a whole lot that that God has for us as believers Mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. I I completely agree. And I think that you just have a lot of great small suggestions of how to do that in your book in a really beautiful way. So thank you. Everybody go thank order you. the book, pre-order it. Cause we're going to do it together. So <laughs> join us. All right. I love it. That's yeah. so exciting. Okay. So now we're going to move into kind of the end of the interview where it's, it just seems very odd to be asking these questions now. Um, some of we've got to do it. I know, we've got to <laughs> do it. And so I'm going to ask you what a day, a typical day looks like for you now and what it did before all this Corona stuff happened. Well, my life, because I homeschool, my life hasn't changed a ton, mm-hmm. though I will say like the small, well, my big kids' lives have changed. I've got teenagers and this is the time in their lives where they're not yet driving, but they're totally social. And so (laughs) it's, I mean, my kids are like, my, my kids, even though they're teenagers, I know we're a little bit, we're Luddites over here, but they don't have phones, but mm-hmm. they use our phone. Yeah. So like they're doing, they're connecting with their friends. They have like FaceTime hangouts now. And instead of me driving all over the place, I'm actually like um, handing over my phone so my kids can connect with their friends over FaceTime. That's yeah. probably the most dramatic thing, but it's not all yeah. that. I mean, it is, it's not all that different, but in some ways it is pretty dramatic because when you've got teenagers who want to be with their friends a lot, you're in the car a lot. I'm just not in yeah. the car all that much. Yeah. I used to be a homeschooler and then I have friends who are homeschoolers still. And they're like, I, even though I was a homeschooler, I felt like I was constantly running kids to activities and we would go to the park and we would do all of that kind of thing. Yeah, and now to have that yes. shut down, it's, it's very odd. That's for sure. And I'm telling my kids, like, don't eat too much of that. Yes, I know. (laughs) 
<laughs> imagining is happening. Yes, totally. I know so, you're hungry, but stop yeah. eating. Yeah. <laughs> you can get through. I will make three meals a day. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so what is some way that you are currently cultivating loveliness in your life? Yeah, getting outside has been a huge thing mm -hmm. and it seems small, but it's been pretty significant. I think I noticed it because for about a week in the midst of this, like probably Thursday to midweek this week, it was cloudy and rainy and I'm like, I'm going crazy. Why am I going crazy? My life hasn't changed that much, but I think it's just not been able to get outside. Cultivating lovely for me um, is getting outside with my kids and just noticing the world around us. Like, mm -hmm. you know, my littlest ones have no clue what's happening yeah. right now and I'm so grateful that... Bo's just, my son Bo is just pumped that he found another snake today that he can keep in his terrarium. You know, Virginia's yeah. hunting for butterflies and that's how we're cultivating lovely. I love that. We've been doing a lot of getting outside too, like as much as we can and taking off our shoes. Like, I'm like, we need to get grounded guys. Like yeah. it's been cold and wet. And I mean, we had a snowstorm at the end of last week <laughs> and now it's like warm enough where we've just been getting our shoes off and getting outside and standing on the earth. And it's been so good for all of us. Yeah, it's, it is. I mean, in some ways I think what we've needed most we're kind of forced to have now. Yeah. It's true. My kids are so sick of it too, because I love the movie, um, The Trouble with Angels. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's so old. It's with Haley Mills. It's like from the oh, 50s. Have to look at I love everything Haley Mills. Yes. We just yes. watched the old parent trap with our kids. Yes. <laughs> well, she's like this troublemaker who is sent to a Catholic boarding school. And so they've got, you know, these nuns that they're dealing with all the time and they make them go out for these walks in the morning. And she, they go for these walks and they're, you know, the nuns are always telling them heel, toe, heel, toe, shoulders back. And, and then they would say, breathe the fresh air. It's good for you. So now you've got a new phrase for your kids. Yep. <laughs> they're like, oh, geez. <laughs> but, no yeah. more. Yeah. Breathe the fresh air. <laughs> I'm like, I've just got to show you guys the movie because it's not even making sense how funny your mother is. They're like, I know. I have to yeah. tell my kids often how funny I am. I know. It's, pretty, it's a big bummer. Yeah. I'm like, girls, you have no clue. Yeah. You have no clue. You struggled. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. This is totally off topic. But my oldest son, he's almost 14. And when he was little, he would watch Phineas and Ferb all the time. And I uh -huh. loved that show because it was really smart humor. And he has started watching it again now that it's on Disney Plus. And he came to me oh. just last night and he was like, oh my gosh, mom, it is so much funnier now because I get these the, jokes that just, the older, the adult yeah, yeah, the ones that just <laughs> went over his head now he thinks are hilarious. And so it's so funny. That's to me, awesome. Like seeing him watching Phineas and Ferb again, like 10 years later. So it's pretty That fun. is awesome. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready for my stock questions, Sarah? Go for it. Okay. Candles or essential oil diffuser? Candles. All right. Cloth napkins or paper? Cloth. All right. That's, that's amazing. You have seven children. Go you. Well, I mean, like on a day-to-day -day basis, paper, but like if I'm going to serve a nice meal, cloth for sure. Good. Okay. That's awesome. We might all have to be using cloth here for True. Soon. It is true. We're going to have bidets and cloth napkins. Yeah. <laughs> but don't ask me, don't ask me disposable or cloth diapers because <laughs> I'm, I'm, 
never been, never will be cloth See, diapers. I, I did cloth diapers and now I'm like, oh my oh, goodness, people like you amaze me. How did you survive? I, I don't feel know. like that's that's right up there with like a real American feat. <laughs> it was it was an alternate universe I was living in at the time. It's it's different now. Okay, city or country? Country. All right. Paper or digital? Oh, paper for sure. Okay. Shopping, would you rather do it online or in store as though there was a choice right now? Really? Online and it's neither right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. It's four o'clock or whatever time you would make dinner and you need a mental break. Do you listen to a podcast or music? Oh, podcast. Okay. What are some of your favorite podcasts to listen to? Oh, it changes pretty regularly. Okay. Um, right now, what am I listening to? I like At Home with Sally, Sally Clarkson's oh, podcast. Yeah. You've had her on before. Yes. Yeah, okay. I like, um, I actually like Ann Sons. It's like a group of millennial guys, two brothers, millennial guys. But I just, for whatever reason, they also speak to the 40-year-old mom. Honey. <laughs> um, I appreciate Ransomed Heart. I like their podcast a lot. Um, also like Pete Scazzaro. Pete Scazzaro is the most emotionally healthy leader. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's like a dozen I would think of after this because yeah. I'm, I'm a kind of a junkie, but. Okay. Yeah. That's a good, good working list. Approved. Chocolate, milk or dark? Dark. Okay. Sports or no sports? Oh, no sports, but I'm married to a total sports buff. So I've got okay. default sports. Yeah. Except for right now, there are no sports. <laughs> so all of us who I aren't know. into it, get off the hook. Okay, live broadcasting. Would you rather broadcast or watch? I don't know. I think watch. Okay. What is your favorite movie? Pride and Prejudice. Which like one? Okay. Okay, that is a yeah, very popular favorite one. Did yeah, we did BBC. I just didn't like it as much. You yeah. just can't beat Kira Knightley as okay. in that role. Have you seen the new Emma? I haven't, but honestly, I've been a little turned off by the trailer. Have you really? Seen it? I have seen it. I and lo I loved it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, so my girls, like I, we're we are big Jane Austen fans. So I'm like, I don't know, guys. But if you, if I have somebody telling me that it was really good, well, and see, I watch it. I went to it with two of my friends who are huge Jane Austen fans. I keep trying to read Jane Austen. Haven't, haven't gotten there yet. I need to. I know it's bad. It's horrible. I can't believe I used to be a homeschool mom and I've never read Jane Austen. But they well, approve. Well, you love her, you're here. Some people just don't. Well, I just, I never, I never took British lit. I took American lit. Like, I just need to go there. I need to do it. Maybe that'll be the next book club we have in Cultivating the Lovely to just do it. You're going to pick one. Pick Persuasion. That's what, that's what I downloaded, actually, recently. Yeah. Good. Mm -hmm. Persuasion, if you can get past, like, I mean, I know her writing is tough to get into in the sense that, like, you can't really read it in small increments and do two, two other things at once. Like, yeah. I think for our attention span fractured culture it can be tough but persuasion yeah. if you can get past the first like 30 pages it's okay great okay i'm gonna do it i'm gonna commit and write up a character list because that will help you uh, or at least print one up on online okay good to know that is good to know but yeah i had two friends who have read emma and they loved the movie 
And I love Josh O'Connor. And we laughed though afterwards because I was like, you guys, even though I haven't read the book, I knew everything that was going to happen because while you guys read the book, I watched Clueless a number of times in the 90s. So I know everything (laughs) about this story. That's awesome. Yeah, Yeah, I think I did too. Yeah. So... So for anybody out okay, there, so you I think I may watch it with my girls. Yeah. And now All it's right. going to be streaming because they pulled it oh, out. Of awesome. Of yeah. course. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you told me that we may. Now I've got two movie recommendations for this weekend. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Final question. If you were to put yourself on the crunchiness spectrum where zero is totally not crunchy and 10 is like singing Kumbaya by the fire with your legs unshaven and dreadlocks in your hair, where would you be on the spectrum? Oh, I might be like a seven. Okay. That's no cloth diaper. I I don't make my own deodorant, but I do wear native. So there you go. go. That is high praise. You're you're ranking up there. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Sarah. Like I said, I I just appreciate it. I think this book is needed right now. God knew. God knew we would need it. So thank you for writing it. Thank you. Well, I'm pumped that your group's going through it. Let me know if there's anything I can do to help. I will, for sure. All right. Well, hopefully we will talk again. Thank you. Yep. Bye. All right. That's it for this episode. If you would like to access the show notes, you can go to boldturquoise.com slash 160. We would love for you to head over there and be able to use our Amazon links because you know, if you use any of those Amazon links, it gives a little credit back to us. Even if you don't buy the thing that you clicked through on, you can buy whatever you want and it still gives credit to us without you having to pay any extra money. And you guys, if you haven't gone and checked out the list that Shell and I created for last week's podcast, the Corona Survival Kit, we have been adding to it every day. It's getting bigger and bigger. It has so many fabulous ideas for not only surviving this time, but also cultivating a little bit of loveliness in the midst of it as well. And you can find that kit by simply going to boldturquoise.com slash Corona Survival Kit. And it will take you straight to the ideas list on Amazon where you can see everything, the prices, what all is there. It's a great distilled down list, health products to nail polish. Like we've got a really, really great list working there. We've got books, we've got chocolate, we've got everything that you're going to need to get through this time. So be sure you head over to boldturquoise.com slash Corona Survival Kit to get what you need so that you stay mentally stable during this crazy, crazy time. And while you're on the internet, if you want to leave me a little rating and review in iTunes, it would make a big difference. Thank you so much to those of you who do that. Thank you for those of you who share the podcast on social media, who tell your friends about it, who share about the Patreon community. We're really here to serve you and we're trying to really step things up so that you feel supported in community and loveliness and humor during this absolutely insane time. Okay, we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, stay home and be bold and gracious.